Is this Princess Leia? No. Is this Han Solo? No. Is this Ray? No. This is the Shattered Order Podcast. What a piece of junk! This is the Shattered Order Podcast. Go switch off! If you're looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting, you found the podcast you're looking for. With your hosts, Goodnight Punk. talk about the new character Mother Talzin. We start season four of trivia and more coming up. Hello and welcome to the 67th episode of the Shadow Order podcast. I'm your host and with me as always well, I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me as always is good my good friend Wink. Now you might hear a special, weird, very quiet sound now in the background there. Uh... And that is in honor of us recording episode 67 on Friday the 13th. So this is your extra special spooky episode. How you doing, Wink? <laughs> oh, so, uh, you... let me just do this again. You ready for this? I... All right. We're ready. I did this on the Goodnight Punk vs. Thrawn live stream just this week, and I did it again now. Hello and welcome to the 67th episode of the Shattered Order Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me as always is my good friend Wink. Behind us, you might be hearing a special 8-bit sound. That would be the Friday the 13th SNES sound because we are recording live today on Friday the 13th. Spooky, right? It's very spooky. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny how uh, how things went down today. Friday the 13th and we get a uh, Night Sisters rework that drops, huh? Right. Kind of it's almost like they had that planned or something. All this spookiness is on purpose, I think. Kind of is. They're playing to a it's theme been... this month. Yeah, and this kind of been an exciting week. So we got Friday the 13th with the Night Sisters, and, you know, I was watching football Monday night trying to see how my fantasy team does because we all know that's super important. And then all of a sudden on the TV, the trailer comes on. Oh, man. I was inside of a hot, sweaty factory wearing a bunny suit, but I still managed to somehow watch the trailer. You're a dedicated man. <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh, after I got out of the factory, I can't tell you how many times I watched it on my phone. I think I've only watched it three times. However, 
I am so, so excited. How about you? I'm super stoked, man. I can tell you that I watched that thing probably three times straight the first time I watched it. So I think I've seen it probably 15 to 20 times, probably more than I probably should. But uh, I'm just too excited about pretty much everything that's happened in that trailer. So except maybe Porgs. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not on the pork train, but that's okay. <laughs> I, there's a lot of things I'm not on board with, like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I know why you're laughing. People, uh, will, people will know soon enough. They'll be laughing soon, too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that Last Jedi trailer was pretty awesome. Um, if you haven't seen it already, uh, we're going to talk about it for a second, so just be aware. But it looks really exciting. It kind of has that dark feel. You kind of have, you know, Luke kind of I'm not exactly sure what it is he's talking about towards the end about you know that feeling that he's had and then you kind of have it looks like Ray and Kylo meeting and Kylo trying to get Ray to join him what's that all about uh dude, you actually this, the get whole a look thing at Snoke man dude the whole for everyone that's listening to this is like crap I haven't watched it spoilers well let me just tell you Every single thing in that trailer, I'm pretty sure, is misdirection. So, I if you hear something agree. here, it's probably not real. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that is probably true. I mean, so there was the thing with Mark Hamill where he came out and said, don't watch the trailer, I believe. Him uh, and Ryan, Jansen, or Ryan yeah. Johnson. I just, I can't imagine that they would put out a trailer that would be misleading. Like, I think all of this is misdirection. Just, well... Here's the other part to it, right? So Ryan Johnson tweeted the night it came out. Forget what I said. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Mm, I did not notice <laughs> that part. Interesting. Yeah, yeah go, go look at his Twitter. He's, he was super stoked when the trailer actually dropped. Dude, I'm so excited No surprise for, there, but... I mean, our special episode this December, where we just talk about the movie, is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Oh, I agree. I'm super stoked for that. An alcohol-fueled, just... Last Jedi. I don't know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, do uh, no, anything else to say about the trailer? Nothing to say about the trailer. Do you notice right. that the beard's gone? Yeah, I... It's literally it, like three to four days growth now. You know, so if if you're not watching the live stream, something I realized this week, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings eating lunch, watching ESPN, and I happened to notice Dan <laughs> Stoppelganger on the TV. Uh, if you let me never see seen Dan if before, I can bring him up on the stream. All right, <laughs> go to our live stream and you'll get a view of Dan. And if Where, you ever watch what? the Ryan Rosillo show on ESPN. That is Dan's doppelganger. Like, it, let me see I if I can was bring like, him up next to me, and we'll just yes, perfect. There we go. Yeah, this perfect. is the his. Ironically, his uh, his uh, mugshot is the one that looks the most like me. Yeah, it, it's so kinda, here we go. Kind of surprising. There we go. All right. So uh, yeah, if you've ever wanted to see what Dan looks like with his doppelganger, you can look at it now on the live stream. Um, alright. Next <laughs> That's, that's my boy right up. there. I think um, we have something to discuss. Oh, yes. Just, just kind of want to cover something real quick. 
Could have just a little more sound of that. Oh, there we go. So, uh, this is dedicated to our friend McMall. Put out a video that uh, we all thought had some good points in it about changes that could Excellent be made. Points. Things that we, as a community, saw in the game that we could, could use some tweaking here and there. And uh, apparently it did not tug at the heartstrings of some of, of our other friends. So it turns out that uh, he has lost his game changer status. But I just wanted to say now that I didn't know who McMull was from Game Changers. I knew who he was from before that with clones and all the the good stuff that he put out uh, on his YouTube before he ever became one. So I just want to say... Wait, he's the clone guy? That is the clone guy. What? Weird, right? So Why am I friends with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> if you oh, just realize this, it's too late now. But, uh, buddy... We know you always put out good content, no matter what it is. So, yes, I'm not worried. I know uh, Wink's not worried. You'll you'll do great, no and uh, we are. There's uh, no we doubt are with that you, McMull man. will keep putting out the awesome content that he's been putting out. Um, so yeah, keep checking out his stuff. More great stuff coming, I am certain. And uh, you know, he's one of our favorite people to have on the podcast too. So, uh, you know. We may uh, <laughs> try to get him on next month. Yeah, we should try to get him on sometime. That would be fun. <laughs> right. Well, Patreon subscribers. We got some new Patreon subscribers this week. Uh, Obsidian, uh, Ron Paul Bunyan, a uh, guild member of ours, actually. Sleepy Bulldog. Great, great name. <laughs> uh, Fugaz and... Uh, Jitsu Jet, we need your Discord name. Uh, yes. Yeah, those five are new Patreon subscribers. Um, also, in, here in the month of October, we have Han Pikey, who has joined our Patreon page. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash shattered order if you want to support the podcast. One of the things that we noticed in our little poll that we did, there were some people who didn't really know what Patreon was. Basically, Patreon is just a way to support content creators, any content creator that has a Patreon account. You can go on there and donate monthly. Uh, there are actually ways to do one-time donations. You would basically just sign up, and then after the first of the month, after it's de deducted out of your account, unsubscribe from being you know, a donator or whatever, and you can just donate the one time. But it is a really great way to, you know, help people like us, McMull or whoever else uh, kind of keep the content flowing because, you know, it does cost us money and we do spend money getting this together. And, uh, you know, we love doing the show and we keep doing it anyway. But any little bit that you guys can help is always much appreciated. Absolutely. And I don't know what it is about this spooky month, but uh, already in the first two weeks of October, we've hit the amount we had the first month we did Patreon, which was our best month. So as things continue this month and as things keep rolling, we'll see if we can beat that uh, August, August uh, amount we got. And there were only like two people off. So that's crazy. Yep. So we appreciate you guys and what you're doing. And, you guys uh, are amazing. 
Absolutely. Now, one thing I wanted to mention, as far as Patreons go, or I can always say Patreons, that's the website. As far as patrons go, uh, the episode before Halloween will be the Q&A, and so that's about two weeks from now. So you got, we got this episode, the next one, and then the one after that will be the Q&A. So you got two weeks. Episode 69. Episode 69. We're not going to say anything else. The uh, so get your microphones ready and your minds churning with those questions and uh, <laughs> glad I can make you laugh, wink. The uh, and get those ready to go and we will be ro- rocking with that in two weeks. So there's yep, that. That'll be a lot of fun. So uh, you got some feedback, poll information yeah. to share, and I am uh, eager to hear it. So let's hear it. Yeah, it was really good. So we posted the poll last week. Uh, you know because. We really wanted to get y'all's feedback on what you think about the podcast and everything, things that we can do to improve. We are going to start making some changes to try to improve the podcast based on everyone's feedback. There, As of this point, there were 41 people that responded. We appreciate you taking the time to fill out this poll because there were a lot of things that you know we haven't thought about that y'all want to see changed or whatever. And so this is really helpful for us. The poll will still be up, so if you haven't and you want to submit your feedback or whatever go ahead and do it on our discord channel you will be able to find it there but like i said 41 responses as of now uh 82 percent like the trivia a lot some people thought it was their least favorite but for the most part trivia is a good thing that people liked they didn't like the shattered order guild only questions we won't have any more of those but we will continue doing the trivia what were you about to say i was gonna say a that it was a pretty cool that just in that one week we were able to get 41 responses already yeah for sure and then also that uh i was kind of surprised to see uh the amount of people saying that they didn't like trivia because i thought that was a widely liked thing but 82 percent is pretty good out of 40 so but uh yeah luckily we put it there at the end so if you don't like listening to it you don't have to listen to it through the end and you uh you will miss you won't miss anything there at the end besides our uh, putting out all the extra information about where to find us. But uh, yeah, yep. good info to know. What else you got? Uh, people wanted to hear more theory crafting. One of the main things they talked about was kind of a little bit more about arena teams. So that is, we kind of already had tonight's episode lined up, kind of what we we're going to do. But in the future, we're going to start doing more on the theory crafting side. I mean, it's one of the things that it's our favorite thing doing anyway. So we're going to try to implement a lot more of the theory crafting and just kind of maybe talk a little bit more about team team comps and building teams and stuff like that each and every week. At least try to des- designate one segment to theory crafting in some way, shape, or form. You want more mini episodes, like the little out of order episode that I did on mods. Y'all want more of that. Um, I am totally willing to do it. The thing that kind of slows me down on it are ideas. I really need more ideas for it. I would not mind doing it, uh, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday, sit down and record like a 15-minute episode and get that thrown out there. Uh, but I do need ideas. I think what we're going to do is make a Discord channel specifically for ideas for mini-episodes or just kind of topics in general, and y'all can go post those on there, and I'll kind of... Use that to kind of drive off of and see what you guys come up with. Um, one thing on that, too. I think that uh, since my schedule kind of allows for it and uh, yes. it was fun on Tuesday morning, 
I might start doing like a little uh, one hour little live stream of whatever's going on that day in the game, maybe territory battles or whatever, just to play a little game, a little bit of the game on, on the stream, hang out with people, chat, do whatever, have some fun. And uh, yeah, I think it'd be fun. I had fun uh, this week. If anybody missed it, it's on our YouTube page, but I spent an hour trying to fight Thrawn, get seven star. I was only going to do it for 30 minutes, so I was already going long, and I'd been up 24 hours. And on the last attempt, before I was going to stop and have to do another stream later on it, I beat him, and it was it was glorious. Nice to have everyone throwing some tips at my way to get uh, to be able to beat him and uh, having people there to celebrate with me. So that was fun. So I think I'm going to do more of that on Tuesday mornings when I can. And if you guys want to come hang out with me, that would be cool. Awesome. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. It was fun this week. I anticipate it being fun this coming week. Uh, something else in the poll, 73% of the people who responded said that the length was just about right, not too long or too short. And that, some people, that was surprising. That I one, say it was I was waiting for it because like when we were going an hour, when we first started with the smaller audience that we had and we were, people didn't like that it was an hour. They wanted like 30 to 45 minutes. And yeah. so as things kept crept, creeping from an hour to an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and, you know, an hour and 20 minutes, an hour's 30. Then when we had Ranger and Grande on, we went two hours and it was like, holy crap. And then we went back to an hour and 30. And then we had uh, Nuke and Nadi on. That was two hours. And it just kind of spiraled out of control into a, a two hour podcast. But I was just super surprised to see that. Uh, that was just right for people. So, all right, yeah. cool. If you're not, I was. If it's too, not bothering and, you, it's not bothering me. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Audio quality is another thing. Uh, I kind of thought we had a lot of the audio quality issues out of the way. Um, for the for the most part, I have to admit, I think our audio quality is a lot better than it used to be. But it's one of those things we're always trying to work on. I've got a few ideas that I'm going to try to adjust in the future on specifically a podcast episode. The live stream, there's not really much you can do because it's all internet-based. But the auto quality of the podcast itself can be adjusted. And that's some stuff that I am going to work on trying to improve and making it better because I want that to be as good as possible. Y'all want more guests, uh, so that's something we're going to work on. We're going to reach out to some people and see what we can do about getting more guests on on occasion. And because, I mean, the guests are always a lot of fun. Plus, it'd be, be fun to have someone else doing trivia questions with us, too. Uh, the Q&A was liked by 90% of people, which is awesome. Uh, some people complained about the audio quality of the, you know, the questions coming in. That's not really one of those things that we can, um, you know, I'll take some time to adjust it a little bit more, uh, you know, take some of the background noise out of it and stuff, but that there's not a whole lot we can do on the questions themselves, but mm -hmm. we think it's pretty cool having people actually have their voice on the podcast and playing those audios. So I think that's something we're going to stick to. 
And then uh, better Patreon reward ideas we're looking into, kind of thinking about, seeing which way we want to go. If you have suggestions, you're more than welcome to throw them our way. Um, if uh, And one thing that's been mentioned before, and we, me and Wink have talked about, is uh, roster reviews. If that's something you're interested, let us know this week about that so we know if that is something. But, uh, yeah. If you have ideas for rewards, let us know those too, because yes. trying to rack your brain for these types of things is kind of hard. Yep. It, you know what you want, right? So why don't you just throw it out there to us, and uh, we'll see if we can make it happen. Yeah. Well, we want to make it as valuable for you guys while still, you know, it being within our ability to actually fulfill. Yep, uh, for sure. So, yeah. And uh, and something else, there's a lot of people, you know, that just don't have the extra income to support us. So that is awesome. That's perfectly fine. Like, that's not, you know, we're not trying to require people to support us on Patreon or whatever. But you want to help us, you know, you can give us some reviews on iTunes uh, in our Discord channel. Just shoot us with some feedback or whatever, uh, sharing it with guildmates or anything like that. Stuff like that is always a great way to help out the podcast, and we always greatly appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, that is pretty much it. Yeah, lots of good information in there. Uh, I only checked it out when it was at 29 responses, so now that there's at 41, there's probably a lot of extra stuff I haven't seen, so I'll have to go back in there and check it out. Yep, for sure. Uh, all right, so we have, this is a combination of things. We have a guest coming on the episode right now, and that guest is kind of a punishment from season two of Trivia. Are you ready for this? Am I ready? Or are yeah, they ready? Are you ready? I'm sure I'm, they're I'm ready. I'm definitely ready. I'm waiting. All right. All right, here we go. Let's do it. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat here. Hello, I'm back. It's a me. You was a favorite Star Wars character. These a big tank we must take down. But Wisa got a grand army. Misa run a raid and boom! Tank dead like uberfish. Then the rewards come. Misa love boomboxes. These are so useful. These are make me so happy. Any other reward makes me feel clumsy. Wink, you know that some people hate boomboxes? Excuse me? How's that possible? Those beings here's about are crazy. How's that? Was that okay? <laughs> What's Did that? Bad? You're gonna sound clip that forever. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, jeez. Yes, Jar Jar. Thank you for showing up on the podcast. In case you didn't notice, that was. Charger being. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he had a little bit of a Spanish accent. I will not lie, but uh, I tried to course correct throughout the poem. But uh, his uh, his gangster came out a little bit there. So, oh, that's uh, that was fun. 
Well, I'm glad I, I could do that. I was always wondering how your Jar Jar impression was. Not bad. Not bad. I'm the voice guy, dude. I got the voices. You're the voice guy. That is true. So if you ever need a Hispanic Jar Jar Binks, I'm your guy. <laughs> All right. So, so um, the next thing up is the Phoenix rework. Um, this is pretty awesome. There's something that happened last week that I kind of want to bring back up. Um, please do. Please, let's talk yes, about that. Next week, I will talk about my dilemma of my two Zetas that are just sitting there and which one of these guys I want to give it to because I literally am thinking of throwing it both of them on some Phoenix characters. Are you going to tell us who it is? Who you're going to spend a Zeta on? Go I don't know us. yet, but it looks like it might be Kanan uh, and Sabine. So if you didn't notice, that is a clip from last week's podcast in which you were talking about Zayding a Phoenix character. So tell us which one you chose. Uh, I didn't choose any, if we're being <laughs> honest here. I, I thought I was Omega-ing Hera, but it turns out that uh, I was Zayding Hera by complete accident. So let's say out of the five Phoenix Zetas, the one I would probably rank number four is the one I accidentally did. Yeah, that's not good. That is. That is not good. Yeah, this has been the kind of topic of discussion in our um, what our guild chat, basically, that the fact that you <laughs> accidentally Zated Hera. Go ahead and tell us how you feel about the fact that there's not, like, a double confirm button on Zeta abilities. Go ahead. I think that should probably have been the main topic of McMull's video. That's all I'm just... <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Okay. Now, yeah. the, uh... Um, yeah. When you're pres... Okay. 20 Zetas. 20 Zeta materials to do okay. these. And, uh, they take three weeks at the... Yeah. Easiest, unless you're like using all your shipments and your challenges, you might get them a little faster. But uh, yeah, for something that is so precious, my precious, you know, for it just to be an accidental click and then you have it and not like a, are you sure you want to do this? You're being kind of stupid right now. Yeah. Um, if that option not to be there kind of sucks because I know yeah. people that have done the same. I know people that did it on Darth Nihilus is unique. I know that people that did it on OB's taunt, uh, a couple other things, but here's the thing about those two, both better than Hera. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I need to go back and watch the video of when I beat seven star Thrawn just to figure out if the Zeta helped me to beat it at all. Cause if it did nothing, it will really have been worth nothing. But uh, why don't yeah. we just pretend that it was really useful in the in you beating it? That way you can feel better about it. Don't that way, when we wrong. talk about it right now, I can tell you how awesome yes. it is. So Phoenix had some Zeta and Omega changes. And the first one up is the leader of the Phoenix, Hera. Now, it's not on her leader ability. It is on her first yes. special called Play to Strengths. And this is the Zeta upgrade. 
plus 25 potency, and dispel all debuffs. So now they have 50%, plus 50% potency, and it dispels all the debuffs on the person that she calls to assist, and reduce their cooldowns by one, and grants them 50% turn meter if they're Phoenix. It's not bad. So the final ability text, call another target ally to assist. That ally's attack has 50% potency and deals 35% more damage. If target ally is Phoenix, dispel all debuffs, reduce their cooldowns by one, and grants 50% turn meter. Useful, but right not on, a on itself. Phoenix team. Yes, yeah. not by itself. It's yes. fine. It's, it's a fine Zeta. I would not be my first choice. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, it does add a lot of potency. So I used it a lot to make sure that I got offense down from Kanan. That's always good. And, uh, or, I mean, yeah. t- 25% potency makes a difference, let's be honest. The problem is, eh, it's not really worth a few Zetas. I mean, you can throw a quick mod on there and cover that. It's mm, not, not so good. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. I mean, as far as, I mean, if you're putting together a Phoenix team and you were going to start Zeta-ing certain ones, I would definitely say this one would help the team because it adds another debuff or another uh, dispel for uh, your guys. But yeah, not my first choice. But I do have it now. So yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Now for the one that I wish that I accidentally did. Okay. Kanan, Kanan. I don't know how people say it. Total defense. Zeta upgrade. Dispel all debuffs on Phoenix allies. So not just one, like Hera's, everyone. Grant Kanan and target ally foresight for two turns and defense up to all Phoenix allies for three turns. So everyone gets defense up. Two of you get foresight. And when each of the foresights expire, Kanan gains 100% turn meter and other Phoenix allies gain 50% turn meter. So that's two for, uh, two foresights that when they expire, you gain 100% turn meter and uh, everyone else gets 50%. So that's really useful. Someone's not using an AOE to clear those because one by one you can give them turn meter, which is pretty cool. Now the, the question came up is by wording and we love wording with cg's characters um four set expires does it expire when it's when someone shoots you and it, then it's gone or does expire mean it's sat on there for the two turns i think i would think it would be either way yeah because i mean either way it expires you know yeah that would be my assumption but i'm not 100 sure but, I also I mean, do not know the answer a, to that question. That is a really good Zeta for an entire team of Phoenix. So not really end game, but a lot of probably newer players that are using Phoenix. This Zeta could really be a difference maker, probably, if you're using that team in Arena and then use, trying to use it to get, you know, Palpatine and... Um, oh, Thrawn. if you can clear those uh, shock... Uh, debuffs against Palpatine at a lower, if you're like a lower level player that's got a Phoenix team to get Palpatine and you somehow have Zetas saved up at that point, Kanan would probably be one of your first ones at this point, but he would definitely help you against Palpatine with those stupid shocks. Sure. So. Yep. 
Um, let's see. Sabine also got so Sabine, Ezra, and Zeb all actually got one. Uh, Sabine's was plus fifteen percent bonus damage for each active Phoenix ally, and then stagger all enemies and grant all Phoenix allies offense up and crit chance for two turns, and expose target enemy, then inflict additional expose on a random en- enemy for each other active Phoenix ally. And reduce the <laughs> cooldown of demolition by two of this attack scores critical hit. That is a ridiculous Zeta ability. There's a hell of a lot going on. This is the one I wanted it's, too. Like I said, and you totally played it in that clip. Kanan, okay. Sabine, those were the two. If I had accidentally done either of them, I would have been, would have been totally fine. fine. And they're great for an entire Phoenix team. They are awesome. But they do require that you're kind of using them on a Phoenix team. Mm-hmm. This one's... Because this one has... The granting stuff to Phoenix allies only, plus the additional exposes for each uh, Phoenix character on your team. But listen to that. So you get stagger, AOE stagger. Everyone gets stagger. AOE expose, basically, if you're using a Phoenix team, which you'll want to be. So everyone will be exposed. Everyone will have stagger. Everyone on your side will get offense up and crit chance for two turns. It can't be countered or evaded and deals bonus damage for each Phoenix ally. And if it scores a critical hit, her Sabine's, her cooldowns are reduced by two. Like, it's a ridiculous ability with the yes, Zeta it on it. For sure. So. Um, but it does cost the Zeta, and it's kind of one of those that's really specific to Phoenix characters. Well, I'm, we I'm, one, of, character? I'm a one out of five in already. You might well, as well. that's true. You might as well go all in. But if I'm going to go in on him, I'm going to go with the guy whose Zeta ability fits on more teams. Ezra's ability Well, that's not does... fun. <laughs> no one can, this... You can't rant about that on a podcast. Ah, sure. I can. Whatever <laughs> I want. Uh, Ezra's Flourish ability gains plus 50% damage and an additional 25% turn meter gain and defense up for two turns. And this is his special ability that either removes buffs or gives him turn meter. It will now give 75% turn meter instead of 50%, and it does 50% more damage. This was the ability that a lot of times would crit for 25 to 30,000. We're talking about adding 50% damage to that? I mean, you're over 30, almost into the 40s, especially on like a Qui-Gon team. Mm-hmm. I am very, very seriously considering this is my next Zeta and then taking Ezra to gear 12. Oh, it I, sounds so enticing. I have actually seen some people that have Zeta'd this to use on a Jedi arena team. So, uh, have you? I did. That was I in... Uh, I think that was in McMull's uh, Discord. Okay, I did see that video where... Uh, um, Ezra came in and hit for like 67,000 or something. Amazing. Yep. It's pretty damn good. So, Zeb, um, what's going on with him? Yes. Well, Zeb, his cooldown gets decreased by one. He gets 75% bonus damage and 20% bonus damage equal to the enemy's max health. If there are no debuffs, it ignores armor. If the target 
is buffed, <laughs> and 50% crit damage if target is debuffed. And it cannot be evaded, as well as Zeb gaining 10% turn meter for each active Phoenix ally. This is another one of those really useful Zetas. However, um... This is... I, I like this one, too, actually. This is my third-ranked one on this team. So if I had to do it in order, I would say Kanan, Sabine, Zeb, Hera, then Ezra. Hera should be your first favorite since, you know... Well, let's just take right? her off the list because I already have her. I don't need to rank her anymore. But uh, uh, Zeb, when you, this ability, when it is used... I've seen it hit for 69,000 damage. I mean, this thing can just wipe out an entire character yeah. when it gets to that point. It's ridiculous. So, I, I really like this one. I think this one will add more damage than your Ezra one, to be honest. Obviously, you use Ezra more than Zeb, but as far as a Zeta to get more damage, his does more than Ezra's, in my opinion. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. Uh, so, Chopper got some Omega abilities. The Chopper, this is... I'm glad this wasn't a Zeta, because this Omega has added so much to that team already. I'm, it's amazing to me. This is another thing. I'm kind of disappointed that there haven't been more Omega upgrades for characters. Instead of, of just making Zetas. them Zetas? Yeah, because there have been a lot of abilities that I don't really think are quite worth the Zetas. I mean, there's still a freaking Omega. I mean, you have to be careful with your Omegas. They're easier to get, but it's... I mean, I wouldn't even mind, like, an Omega ability that took 10 Omegas or something. But... It's... I, I don't know, it's... It's frustrating that it's either 5 Omegas or you're spending 10 to 15 Omegas with 20 Zeta mats. A lot of these abilities just aren't worth the Zetas and Omegas and all that stuff. It's not worth it. There's still too much of a crunch on the Omega abilities. I mean, I still have to be super careful with what I put Omegas on, and it's... Uh, I don't know. It's just... I cannot uh, relate. Frustrating. <laughs> you can't relate? To the Omega crunch? No. Both my really? accounts have over 150 Omegas. What the hell? How does this happen? I don't know, dude, but I always sit above 150 Omegas. So whatever I want to Omega, I Omega, and then I just go from there. So I, I always hear that talk from people, and I know it's a thing, but I am... Uh, I've always been really stingy with ability mats. Like, ever since I got to one point back in the day at zero purples, and annoyed that I couldn't upgrade the abilities of someone I was using because I kept upgrading the abilities of people I didn't use just to upgrade them. I just started saving all my ability mats all the time. So I have about... I Well, I have no purples anymore. I have probably about 50 purples because once Galactic Power was introduced, I spent all those uh, purples to get Galactic Power, but I saved the Omegas just because they are worth so much. And I know that people are crunching on them all the time. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well. Yeah. So anyway, I all these Zetas are kind of useful for Phoenix only, pretty much. Uh, I mean, I think oh, Zeb and Ezra have the two that are 
I say, did we mention what Chopper's new Omega was? Ah, we didn't. We don't care. Uh, no, it's <laughs> a plus ten percent cooldown reduction chance, and it also applies to Droid allies. Uh, the final text being deal physical damage target enemy and grant a random Phoenix or Droid ally offense up, defense up, or speed up at random for two turns, with a sixty percent chance to also reduce that ally's cooldown by one. Now, the this only reason I actually... asked you to mention that was because of the last part of what the Omega is, right? It adds in that it also applies to droid allies. Yes. So, what With they've BDA. done now is make him a, a make him more uh, integrated into a droid team. He has more use if he's used in yes. a droid team and not just a Phoenix team. And uh, an- Another thing to point out is... BB-8's Zeta ability that calls in a resistance character. If you have a droid team consisting of Chopper and R2, he will either be calling in Chopper, who does this ability that increases the cooldown chance, because this is his basic, they got the Omega, Mm -hmm. or R2 to come in and do a stun. So it's actually, I mean, this is a pretty clever upgrade for if you're trying to build a droid team around BB-8 and R2. Yep, for sure. It is. I, I like it. And the reason I, it's funny, we talked about this ability, the Omega upgrade, and it's not even the one that I wanted to talk about. And the one, the upgrade that I liked the most on Chopper was his maintenance protocol, where uh, he gained a 30% chance to assist when another Phoenix or droid ally uses an ability during their turn. So he's just randomly become an assist machine. It's only a 30% chance, sure, but he does assist a lot, it seems like. And that extra assist onto him is awesome. (coughs) Yeah, and and that's just another chance for cooldowns to get reduced. Cooldown reduction, and it is super fulfilling to shoot with Hera, get an expose on the highest health character, and immediately pop that expose before it can be debuffed because Chopper just killed it. Yeah. Or use a stagger with Zeb and immediately hit the stagger with Chopper, and now that guy's at 0% uh, uh, turn meter. He adds a lot to the people that add the debuffs that require to be hit again when he's assisting and hitting them right after the debuffs put on them. Really helpful. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, that's pretty much it for the Zeta stuff. I mean, is there anything that really sticks out in a good way to use them? I definitely think this makes them better for, like, the tank raids. Uh, kind of just creating a little, well, a lot more synergy between all of them. I'd say... As far as, like, general gameplay with them, I don't really see it changing at all with this. I just see it it making them stronger. You know what I mean? So, like, they were a pretty good team before, but now they do a little bit more, and they have a little more sustainability for themselves, rather than... uh, Because before they couldn't debuff themselves, or dispel themselves at all, so any debuff put on them was just going to stick to them until it was gone. And now you can actually get rid of it, which is a nice big thing. Yeah. So it's I, it really helps their territory battle and tank and raid that's true. Uh, survivability. I don't know and, that it makes them 
arena viable. It might make yeah, them a definitely. offensive team, but they're still not going to be that defensive team you need. Yep. And I definitely think that this is a lot more valuable for newer players where Phoenix is still the route to go. Um, and that's another reason why I would like to do Ezra first, you know, if you're in a position like that, is because Ezra can still transition into a typical Rebel team or a Jedi team and still be super useful. Uh, I mean, Kanan can also switch to those teams as well, but it's his Zeta's a lot more uh, Phoenix-specific, I, I should say. So, yeah. Yep, gotcha. So, what about these uh, spooky little Night Sisters? Bro. So, I think the first thing we should do is go over the newest Night Sister. There's a new Night Sister? What? A surprise. The one we all oh my God. assumed was coming is actually coming. And I, you know what? I, I'm not going to lie to you. I actually want Night Sisters now because of her. Uh. I kind of think they're a plague. I just... Mm. <laughs> hey uh, Puns are fun, everyone. Puns all right. are fun. If you didn't already know, Mother Towson is now going to be a character in the game. We don't know how we get her yet. I think we're both assuming a Marquee event, but... Uh, I mean, See, it could be... that was my thought. It could be legendary, I'm, but... I'm reading, like, what Cozy's yeah. putting out on the forum, and then I'm like, okay, maybe not. Maybe... There's going to be a couple new Night Sisters that are marquees, and that special Halloween event is a legendary for Talzin. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully, we hear very soon so we can all be ready and prepared, but dude, crazy. But I watched, uh, so I, I didn't know that they had put out the information on these reworks and Talzin, and I was in our Discord, and uh, Warrior, Game Changer, put his video up in our discord chat and i clicked down there seeing what the new guest content or whatever was and i'm like oh crap so i opened his video and watched this and i really think she looks awesome i think i think the gameplay of night sisters after using her as a leader is going to be something that's new and different and that's what gets me excited about her yes because it's it it kind of turns into a... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, like, it's a completely different mechanic than something we've seen before. It kind of... It, it, it's, it's definitely new. It's really creative. It's... I mean, maybe we should just, you know, get into talking about it. I, I will say this, though. Let's, let's talk about the... Uh, you know this picture right there that that's on the screen seven star elephant that's in the room <laughs> uh if you look on the page the mother Towson that they're showing has six and seven dot mods on her um if you go and look at what came from reddit this week you'll find out that that is not coming this year that was stated by i believe cozy spoon and reiterated by capgas Yep. We will not be seeing those mods this year, but sounds like it might be something. By the way, by the way, read into that a little bit. Heroic battles coming back 
this year, everyone thought six star mods might be coming, might be the reward for the second tier of heroic battles. Not going to be the case. So you're probably going to be getting gold mods for finishing the second tier of heroic battles, not six star mods. Heroic battles are coming back in like a month. No, a week. Next week, I think. Hey, let me farm some low gray and paplu so that our our freaking guild can uh, platoon them, please. Better freaking get on it. All right, so Mother Talzin is a Night Sister support character, obviously dark side. She's a vicious Night Sister leader who inflicts plague, preventing enemies from dispelling buffs. This is kind of, I think, a thing that we kind of talked about previously was undispellable. I mean, having more undispellable debuffs. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of those things that it's not like Fracture. It doesn't prevent you from doing anything, but it's it doesn't really go away. And my first thought when I saw that she had a a locked debuff, right, was, oh, maybe she is a legendary. And I started thinking of all the characters with locked buffs. And uh, there are two that I can think of that were not legendaries. And that was... Sabine and Hera. So, what's Hera's? Uh, Hers is a- it's not Hero's Call, so I can tell you that. <laughs> I kept calling it Hero's Call on the live stream on Tuesday, but it's actually a backup plan. Yeah. So, uh, but that's, I mean, that's a buff for your team. It's not debuff on the other team. Not that it really matters, but yeah. Right. I just meant a locked debuff slash buffed. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so her basic ability, it deals special damage to the target enemy, and if they were plagued, it inflicts plague for three turns, and then it deals special damage to everyone who was plagued, and the you know extra damage cannot be countered. This is kind of similar to Emperor Palpatine with his shock ability. That was a thing that was really new, uh, that he shocked people on his basic ability just like Mother Talzin does, and then does damage to them at the end of it. Uh, his turn so she is i mean this is almost a direct counter to that the only difference is plague does different things than shock did yeah it's like it's it's a a move that's almost the exact same as his with different effects the two big differences is what it does and the fact that it cannot be dispelled yeah so the plague debuff unit loses 5% health, which is similar to um, a damage over time, when inflicted and at the start of their turns, is immune to all dispels or, I should say, allied dispels. So it sounds like if you use an ability that removes all buffs and debuffs or something, that it would probably get removed. Like, maybe Boba's Execute might be able to remove this because it's not an ally dispelling it. Um, so and the w- one more thing is all stacks of plague, and this is something that can be stacked. All stacks of plague disappear when the character gets healed to full health. The uh, which makes sense. Think of a plague, right? If yes. you're one hundred percent healthy, you're not plagued anymore, right? Uh, you wouldn't think, but <laughs> kind of cool that the, how that works. But uh, I. Uh, this confused me too, the wording. Uh, so I talked to Warrior 
about it. And as far as he knew, like, for example, CLS using his own heal or dispel, he didn't think that it would heal dispel himself. Yeah. But then I I said, then why would it say immune to only ally dispels? And then it was just from there it became, okay, well, this is weirded weird. Worded weird, and I have no idea. So it's one of those things like, um, uh, let's say Jawa engineer who gains speed for all Jawa and droid allies. That's kind of his ability description. He also gains speed for himself because he is essentially a Jawa ally. Mm-hmm. I assume this is kind of the same way. You know, if you're on that team, you're considered an ally, whether it's yourself. Ah, or yes. Not. That's so it is that I had never even thought about it, that. That makes if sense. If that's the case, it is fairly consistent with the way that CG has worded these type of things. That I'll makes sense. Bizarre, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing to think call. about that, right? Sorry. One thing to okay. say uh, with the plague is plague will. A unit loses 5% health. Yes. It does not take protection. So this is going to eat away at their Excellent health point. and keep yes. their protection wherever it was. Yep. So she is just eating away at their health. So this is another like um, Sith assassin who can actually bypass your protection and mm-hmm. start draining that, which is going to be really interesting considering that most people run, you know, protection primaries. Yeah, for sure. It will make definitely make that an interesting choice when you're going to um when you're going to mod your characters. Yep. Now how do you get plague on everyone? Well, her first special dark magic does just that. It deals special damage to all enemies and inflicts plague debuff for three turns and it ignores protection, like you just said. So <laughs> That is uh AoE plague. Everyone gets a piece. Very interesting. Then that I know you won't know what this is from, but if you watch Warrior's video or uh, a couple of the other videos I saw, I think I saw. Anyways, her uh her ability in this one it looks exactly like the cartoon where she moves up with the ball that forms around her and shoots out like basically lightning bolts out. Yep. Or black or crazy magic bolts. It looks awesome. Mm. But um, AoE on the her uh, special debuff there. I'd like to make a point that Joseph just pointed out in our live chat. Uh, Zeta Savage could be really interesting on this team in that he has that execute for anyone under 50% health. Like, he's going to be somebody that will probably pair really well with these Night Sisters. So if you went, uh, if you went all Sith team back in the day, I guess it wasn't that long ago, but uh, that Zeta Savage could be somebody that's really useful with these Night Sisters, especially Mother Talzin. And could could quite possibly have been intended because he was created by the Night Sisters. Huh, no kidding. Yeah. So. I wouldn't know that. <laughs> um... She has a second special ability, which is Spirit Blade Assault, that deals physical damage to target enemy and calls all Night Sister allies to assist. And if any of those allies or any of those enemies are defeated, all Night Sister allies are revived and recover all of their health. 
So this this is kind of gnarly. This is uh, it's similar to uh, General Kenobi, you know, mm-hmm. and his ability calls all the sisters, except it's only Night Sisters, and she revives. So you kind of it's not quite as good because it's only Night Sisters, but if you kill someone, you can revive. I can. That could be. I can Go completely ahead. understand why you would compare it to General Kenobi, who would not have been my first choice, because this is more like Commander Cody's 212th attack for the Cloness to me. I'm, I'm not sure who that is. But, uh, <laughs> I, know, I know you're not. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, that sounds cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Put in those first two moves and then throw in a 212th attack or uh, General Kenobi's everybody jump in and kick something attack. That's just And that's a great way to take people out. You have those abilities that call in everyone to attack. It's mm-hmm. a way to get that extra basic ability in. So, you know, throwing offense on teams that kind of revolve around that synergy a little bit more is always a really good idea. Um. Mother well, let's Calvin? talk. Sorry, I feel like we're we're cutting each other off over and over. But uh, yeah, we do that. <laughs> we always do that. So, and I always feel bad after I go back and listen. But the uh, I wanted to say before we keep going with this. So we've just talked about our second special, and what I want the reason I'm so excited about this faction now and the way it is a different play style is the fact that it doesn't rely on a tank. They don't have a tank, right? So yeah, that's a good point. It's basically, let's do some damage, and if someone dies, they die. But yep. we can bring them back. Because Mother Talzin, her ability will uh, bring back all the Dead Knight Sisters if you're able to kill someone with her second special. Everyone comes yep. back. And then as we go in looking at the other Night Sister reworks, you will see a theme of these uh these the dead coming back to life. So it's more of a okay, we don't need a tank. We don't mind if people die because we have enough abilities to keep bringing people back to life as an undead army basically. Well, and are you telling me there's an entire rework for the Night Sisters? Oh. This is insane. These All Night right. Sisters got worked, that's for sure. That explains this leader ability for Mother Talzin, the Great mm, Mother. Yes. And this gives all of her Night Sister allies an additional 50% potency and an additional 30% speed. Not 30%, 30 speed. Period. It's a raw number. <laughs> uh, and when a Night Sister ally uses a special ability, they inflict plague on the selected target for three turns, and that cannot be evaded. And whenever an enemy resists negative status effect, all Night Sister allies gain 5% turn meter. Um, Which itself is a pretty decent leader ability. Because just the idea of being able to add another plague every time someone uses a special, and these Night Sisters have a lot of specials. So you're going to be adding plenty of plagues from just everyone else beyond Mother Talzin. Yeah. And that plus 50% potency becomes really important because while the plague can't be necessarily be evaded, 
it still does have to land, so it can be resisted. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where the uh, resist thing comes in, where they gain the 5% turn meter. Right. What's the Zeta do, though? This is the extra bonus part to it that I really like. Yes, this is, uh, this makes her super interesting. Uh, her, the, her basic, or I guess, regular leader ability, uh, does something with special abilities. The Zeta allows Knight Sisters using basic abilities during their turn to, uh, revive a defeated Knight Sister ally with 50% health, and it calls them to assist. However, the then revived ally is immediately redefeated unless an enemy was killed. And that, ah, that's kind of interesting. So you have somebody using a basic ability and you have a random <laughs> ally coming back from the dead to attack once so you then dying again. So let's think strategy here. You're going against the Night Sister team. All right. Do you want to kill the hardest attacker first now? Because once you kill them and they're the only dead person, every single basic ability from then on calls them to assist. So this could actually be a reason to take the... whoever your most powerful attacker would be and just completely loading them up on damage i mean yes for sure you could put three offense primaries on there crit damage set crit damage triangle as much offense secondaries as possible and just try to make her hit like a damn truck Mm -hmm. Hmm. it's Uh, dude i did not think there could be something that would make me excited for this team but Holy smokes. A Zated Mother Talzin. I'm excited for that. Heather brought up a good point in the live chat about just their damage output in general, which has never really been that great. I don't know if their rework is actually getting any stat increases. So, I mean, whether they'll actually hit harder in general, but that is definitely (laughs) something to kind of look at. Um... If you want to see what the Night Sisters were before this rework, and you can still see it because they're not changed yet, but uh, I, I watched a Mobile Gamer and Arnold T101's videos this week, which basically one of them was named CLS versus Night Sisters, <laughs> which was pretty entertaining. Basically, uh, CLS went in to fight the AI version of a full Night Sister team. Led by Massage Ventress, Sated. And the results were not good for the Night Sisters. They were, however, able to defeat Shocking. CLS by himself on offense. But uh, oh. then, yeah, yeah, surprisingly. And then they went in, uh, I guess, spoiler for their video, sorry, but still go watch it. Hilarious. This, these, uh, these, uh, compilation videos where Arnold and Mobile are doing theirs together lately have been awesome. But, uh, then they took the Night Sisters in against some uh, meta teams, and uh, the results were less than stellar. So when you're hitting the other team for four thousand and they're coming back at you for twenty, you're never going to be able good. to do anything. So yeah. that well, that just speaks to Heather's point about damage output. They need a damage boost for sure, 
And that's why I mentioned those videos, because if you go in and watch them and w- compare them to meta teams and characters that are, you know, ranked at higher right now, even if they doubled their output, it would be good for them and still be like lower, half lower than some of the better, better teams. So they do need some output for sure. And that is true. Um, I mean, one way that they get damage output, though, is from their plague ability. I mean, that kind of seems to be a pretty important source, and it can stack up three times, I believe. So that's essentially like burn being on a character, but it only doing damage to their actual health. Yeah, and then, um, and then the other part to it, though, is, uh, and we're going to look through the Night Sister reworks here in a second, but the... Another thing you can do besides raw stats is throw on extra buffs and damage percentage extra numbers or stacking numbers in abilities. And I do think that they have some of those in this rework, so that should be helping their damage output too. Even if their raw stats don't go up. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) All right, well, well, that's it for her. And, That's uh, it for yeah. her, but we are not done talking about Night Sisters. We are not, so let's go to the Night Sisters. All right, All right let me start this off tell for us you. about what they changed here? Great minds think alike, don't we? <laughs> ah, yes, they do. We do. Old Daka, defensive Night Sister healer who stuns and revives. Hmm. There's the, those revives again. So, basic insight, insightful blow. Uh, this is old Daka's basic. Uh, I will tell you which parts are new. So, deal physical damage to target enemy with a 75% up from 60% chance to stun them for one turn. So, three out of four times, they are going to stun that first person, the primary target. And then deal physical damage to a random ally with a 55% chance to stun them for one turn. So you got a 75% chance to stun one person and a 55% chance to stun another person. Not to mention, not only does it stun a second person, but it also now damages them as well. Kind of like our good friend Jerry does with his uh, basic ability. Yeah, so this is uh, somebody else who kind of almost has an AoE basic, which is kind of interesting. Uh, And that stun bumping up to three out of four times is, I mean, pretty big. I know how irritating that 60% used to be, but this is... For sure. And you got to think now, it was 55%, 60%, and then 55% for the second person. And so... You only had 5% more for the first stun than the second one, and now you're up to 75. That's a pretty big jump, for sure. Yep. So, special, first special, Chant of Resurrection. It now revives a random defeated Night Sister ally at one health every time, with a 35% chance doubled on Night Sisters, so 70% chance on Night Sisters to revive other defeated allies at one health. Does that... The so, wording on this is a little odd. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Does that... it sound like it to you, like it could possibly 
revive your entire team? Uh, it sounds to me like it could revive two. It says other defeated other allies, defeated allies. at one point. health. So it's like, so, how many? You know? I don't know. It could revive them all, I guess. I mean, um... And then all allies recover health equal to 50% up from 30% of old Daka's max health. And she's a pretty tanky character, so you're going to get a pretty decent chunk of health there. But uh, you're definitely getting one Night Sister with this ability and the possibility of more. Yep. So that's a lot of revive. Um, sure. Crazy. More ways to revive beyond Mother Talzin's abilities herself. Leader, probably not going to use her if you have Talzin. Night Sister allies gain 50% up from 10% health and 50% up from 40% defense. Yeah, but this leader ability is actually kind of good. So gaining an additional 50% health. So, I mean, if you have. Say if you get her to thirty thousand health, she'll have forty five thousand health. So then, when she does that re- revive, that's going to be a pretty significant amount of health that people are kind of recovering. Actually, making it to where they can kind of hang around a little bit. But I still, I agree. I still don't think it's the leader ability you would want with your night sisters. It's a nice one to have for until you are able to get. Talzin in a working that's star true. level, you know? And we don't know how that's going to be yet, so... Just kind of to talk on the rumors right now, the idea that I've heard thrown out is that it's going to be a legendary event requiring... Don't know where this came from. Don't have any validity to it at all. Yeah. Just an idea that I have heard was that it would be a legendary that required Separatists. Now... The only reason I if I were to see this from a lore perspective, I could see it being a legendary event that required either separatists or droids, because in the Clone Wars cartoon, the people that took out the Night Sisters was General Grievous and the Battle Droid Army. So they were separatists, but they're also droids. So one of those two, I could see if she was legendary being used to get her. Interesting. But anyways, unique. Served again, it, completely reworked. What were you going to say? I was going to say, it also could just be Night Sisters. I mean, yeah. kind of the way we had Yoda. True. We shall see what happens. I'm still sticking with Marquis, but who knows? Uh, she does okay, seem... Really. She does seem... Her abilities do seem... Uh, yeah. Her abilities yeah. do seem legendary. To me. Yes. Unique, serve again, reworked. When another ally is defeated, Daka gains 50% turn meter and the cooldown of Chant of Resurrection is reduced by one. Mm. When another ally is revived while Daka is active, the revived ally gains 20% turn meter and gains offense up and defense up for two turns. And Zeta upgrade only, old Daka gains 10% max health stacking until the end of the battle. So this kind of theory crafts back into the team we were talking about before with having almost a weakish attacker that's loaded up with damage output mm-hmm. because this is 
whenever another ally is defeated, whenever another ally is revived while Old Daka is active, it doesn't require her reviving it. Mm-hmm. So when Mother Talzin resurrects one from someone's basic ability or whatever, if you have that attacker that was that died early that's getting revived, they're gonna have offense up. Yep. I, I, I read this ability and I thought the exact same that's... thing. So I'm like, every basic ability, once you have someone die under a Talzin Zeta, that person that's reviving to assist on their basic is going to have offense up. Yep. So if you are killed, if you decide foolishly that you are going to kill the glass cannon or the strongest attacker first, now that person is coming back and not only hitting you every time there's a basic, but hitting you with offense up. Yep. It's, it's no, this crazy. Is, this makes Doc... I mean, you have to have her if you're using Talzin. I mean, she's... I mean, automatic offense up on somebody that gets revived when they're reviving as often as it sounds like they're going to be just sounds super awesome. And the way it works with... With Talzin Zeta, I would assume would have assumed that this would have been part of the Zeta. But the only part of her Zeta is Old Daka gains 10% max health stacking until the end of the battle. Anytime Forget someone's about it. anytime someone's re- revived. You don't need So it. I can see the value of it because people are being revived so much that her max health would just continue to stack until she has two hundred thousand health. That's true. But uh <laughs> It's not. It doesn't seem completely necessary. We haven't seen the gameplay anything yet, but uh, you don't need to put a Zeta on her to get the offense up on any revived character, and the twenty percent turn meter. It's crazy. She is definitely someone you want on your Night Sister team, for sure. So, Saj Ventress, Night Sister controller with healing, who generates attack power as characters are defeated. Basic cruel strike deal physical damage to target enemy with a 50% up from 35% chance to stun for one turn. So a lot of people didn't even realize... What's that? Additional chances to stun, always good. Absolutely, because some people didn't even realize that Asajj could stun before, because it didn't happen very often. But now you got a 1 in 2 chance to stun. So that's pretty good. She's doing that, you're in good shape. Special one, Strike Fear. Dispel all buffs on all enemies and Night Sister allies recover 40% health. For each buff dispelled, that enemy has a 50% chance to lose 20% turn meter, up from 10%, and Night Sister allies recover 10%, up from 9% health. This attack can't be evaded or resisted. This is, cooldown is now 3 so this is one that people have always talked about being one of the best dispels in the game because not only are you really dispelling, good. but you're giving things to your team. Yep. And now those things are just a little bit better. And since Night Sisters are trying to be brought up as a team, it definitely helps that team out for such a good dispel of the other team. I mean, this ability's always been really good. I mean, if you're using Asajj Ventress for really anything, this is the primary reason why you're using her. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that it dispels all those buffs. Uh, I mean, this 
Throw on that uh, cooldown is now three on there, yep. and uh, that's looking pretty good. So. Yeah, and she has two special abilities, both with a three-turn cooldown. So, I mean, every three attacks, she's only going to have one time where she has to use her basic. Every other time, she'll be using a special. Right, and then even when you're using that basic, you have a chance to stun, so you're getting something good out of that, too. And you may never have to use a basic, depending on how the second special turns out, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Deals. I let's talk about let's alt accounts. Let's talk uh, about alt accounts. My first alt account. I could go back right now and pick it up and start playing my first alt account because on my first alt account, I did Night Sisters, and I had them all at seven star. Wow! And I dedication. I know, and I played. Well, that was when I realized they sucked, and I dropped that account. So, <laughs> mm. it's out there. It Oops. exists. I could pick it up. I'd be behind everything. But I remember playing Asajj because of this ability and it being so good at a low level. Because it deals special damage to all enemies and now will inflict defensive down, defense down for two turns. It refreshes all cooldowns on a finishing blow. Cooldown's now three. But I remember this one because I could count on it to finish someone off that was at 50% health because it did so much damage. And then I would immediately use it the next turn once someone chunked away at someone else to move all my cooldowns again. I love this special. Adding def I mean, I don't really care too much about defense down. If it was something else, it would probably be better to me, but adding it in there is just another bonus so it's not terrible but uh yeah <laughs> um, yeah i said we kind of glance over her leader ability uh, they really didn't change much they added 30 percent offense and two speed on the ability not much to see there but her unique ability is super interesting. They completely reworked the entire thing. Uh, this was one of those that, are, like, people were actually Zetaing her unique ability back in the day. Because this was kind of the ability that people thought might make the Night Sisters work. It wasn't, but uh, you want to tell us about that? Or do you just want to hang out and puff on your vape? <laughs> My mic was <laughs> muted. I was trying to I avoid think. hearing typing on the recordings. No, uh, good. you said the leader ability or the unique? No, the unique. Okay, the, the unique rampage. was reworked. And uh, so when an ally or enemy is defeated, Asajj gains 35% down from 50% turn meter and gains 15% offense, 15% crit chance, and 5% max health stacking until the end of the encounter. Asajj has plus 15 speed for each, each enemy with no buffs. So she's faster when people have no buffs. Anytime you keep killing things, she gets turn meter and gains a lot of offense and crit and even health stacking until the end of the encounter. This, to me, is another reason why this team will be awesome for dark side territory battles. Okay. Because this, not only this for her stacking, if you put the Zeta on Daka, you get that stacking. Um, 
There's a lot of stacking things through battles, and you know that the territory battles stack for a long time. So, Zeta, Zeta upgrade plus 75% turn meter gain chance. So, you get that full turn meter chance. You add an extra 5% offense, so 20% offense, 20% crit chance, and when any ally or enemy is defeated, Asajj gains 5% max health until the end of the encounter. So it adds in an extra element to ally as long as well as enemy to gain the 5% health stacking. Now, the big thing with this is whenever that uh, Mother Talzin leader ability, whenever somebody uses a basic that revives someone, they are then defeated after that ability. That is very true. I didn't even think about that. So so she'd also be stacking health. Yes, she will. Um, so uh, let's see. She'll be gaining turn meter and offense and crit chance and all that stuff pretty damn often. I guess turn meter kind of becomes the big thing, but the 5% max health could be really big too. Uh, I mean, this is her, her Zeta ability here would be really good, but I don't think it's necessary for uh, her. But she's going to be really good under Mother Talzin, too. These... I think just the extra things like the turn meter offense and crit on top of the 5% health makes this better than Daka's, even though Daka has a That's higher health pool. Yeah. To add the ten percent to, I think the extra stuff here makes hers worth more than uh, Daka's. That's an interesting point. Um, yeah, and I mean, anytime you're talking about stacking with stuff happening this often, it could be could be really interesting. Uh, For sure. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm kind of a big fan of what they're doing here. I agree, because you, I mean, honestly, when you read through the abilities individually, they don't seem that uh, inspiring, right? But then you start, like, like we like to do, right? Start thinking theory crafting of a full Night Sister team and how these abilities were meant to work and stack on top of each other, right? And yep. you can see what they're going for. You can see how it's kind of like Night of the Living Dead here, where just like the cartoon, whether they die or they live, they're coming back and they're fighting again, and you're just seeing infinite waves of Night Sisters. And you can see through the changes to these abilities what they're trying to do with this team. And it's it's really kind of brilliant, in my opinion. It's... I mean, people wanted synergy teams. That was something that people clamored for for a really long time that we didn't see a whole lot of. We kind of just got a lot of characters that were really good by themselves. I mean, I guess we still get those with, like, Thrawn and R2, the legendary characters, kind of that way. But mm-hmm. there is a ton of synergy here. It's, I mean, you're, you're crazy if you're throwing anyone else with them, probably. Um, well, that uh, their work with synergy teams overall lately has been really good, right? Because... Yes. Even though we can't sure. farm the Ewoks yet, 
It's the same deal with them. Yeah. Even if they're not That's true. the strongest team in arena, they're still a strong team together, right? Like they work together well. So because if you got a full Ewok team at high gear, you could use them as a full team to run through every phase of territory battles if you wanted to. Everyone that wasn't rebel, you know what I mean? So there's something to be said for strong synergy teams in PvE. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I think that's where it probably makes the biggest difference. Uh, Arena's a little bit more about... I don't know. It's just different, I guess. Um, why yep. don't you go ahead and tell us, tell us about Talia. All right, I'm going to quickly spout off all her abilities, and then we'll just kind of go over them, what we think. Talia, aggressive healer that sacrifices health so allies can recover health and turn meter. So she was always the, like we talked about, she's the first uh, dark side character that you get. Um, she was the first dark side, she was the dark, only dark side healer for a long time until people started getting Daka, and then all you had were two night sisters as the healers for all the dark side. But anyways, that's just a little history, I guess. Basic draining strike. Deal physical damage to target enemy. And then adds, dealing 50% more damage if Talia is below full health. Night sister allies recover health equal to the damage dealt. So now she, her basic kind of does what Ahsoka's special does now. So what she, when she hits, uh, Allies recover health equal to her damage that she deals. Not too shabby. Mm. Special one, Water of Life. Dispel all debuffs on Night Sister allies. So not only is she healing now, she's dispelling all the debuffs. Talia consumes 20% of her max health and gains 15% turn meter for each active Night Sister ally. So 15 times 5 is what? 75% turn meter. So, dispel all debuffs on Night Sister allies. Tally consumes 20% of her max health. In a full Night Sister team, fit, gains 75% turn meter. All other allies recover 50% max health and gain 30% turn meter. That's a lot going on there. You dispel yes. all the debuffs. You give everyone health. You give everyone turn meter. You get 75% turn meter yourself. Pretty damn good. Special 2, Harrowing Assault. Deal special damage to target enemy and inflict damage over time and now added Stagger for two turns. And we all love Stagger. If yes, Talia has full health, consume 10% of her max health to deal double damage. Otherwise, she immediately uses Draining Strike. So, if, doesn't, if she doesn't have full health, she will not do double damage. But if she will use her basic ability along with this special, if she doesn't, if she does have full health, she'll use 10% of it to deal double the damage she would with this assault. So once again, kind of adding to her first special where she would take some of her health to give it to everyone else. In this one, she'll take some of her health to double the damage she does. This is another one of those pretty cool instances where somebody is using their special, which is calling their own assist, kind of. So you have Ezra that kind of already does that, and now you have Talia kind of doing a similar thing under certain circumstances. 
Mm-hmm. However, Talia, I'm just eh, eh, she's okay. Not not really getting that excited. This is the okay. This is going to sound stupid. Okay, but I'm good at that. So you are <laughs> Talia. One of the first characters I ever got in the game. I wouldn't mind having her at seven star geared up and using her just because of the nostalgia. And her kit doesn't look that bad to me. Yeah. So we're about to get to a character I'm really excited about. It's not Talia. Oh, well, why don't you tell me about that one? Because my voice is getting a little tired. I will tell you about that one, but it's not going to be the next one I'll tell you about. The next one I'm going to tell you about is Night Sister Alkali. Um, her basic ability now has um an additional fifteen percent chance to gain stealth, and if she already has stealth, she will attack again. So her basic ability basically has seventy percent chance to gain stealth. She already has it; she attacks again. So it's kind of a double tap. And if you think about like what we were talking about earlier, Talia has a way to double her damage Um, on her special. Yep. Uh, Night Sister Acolyte will now attack twice. Um, who was it? Um, Massage has a way to stack her crit chance in offense. So you can see with each of these so far, besides Daka, who doesn't really need the damage, they're finding ways to implement to make them hit harder. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. Uh, she has one special ability, and it's a pretty significant change to it. Uh, deal special damage target enemy on crit hit, gain 30% turn meter, and dispel all debuffs on a random Night Sister ally. The attack gains 20% crit damage for each active Night Sister ally and each debuffed enemy. On a fishing blow, reduce the cooldown of this ability by one. That is a lot of extra crit damage she could get. I mean, technically, there could be an extra 100% crit damage. Yeah. Which is... Another way to hit really hard. This is another one of those things where, you know, we kind of talk about turn order. Night Sister Acolyte, you would probably want going right after Mother Towson, since Mother Towson has the locking AoE debuff. Mm-hmm. Everyone would be debuffed for Night Sister Acolyte when she uses her special, which would that alone would give you a hundred percent crit damage. It could actually be, I said, hundred percent crit damage. It could be up to two hundred total percent extra crit damage, uh, which is ridiculous, absurd. dude. That sounds amazing. Yes. On a finishing blow, reduce the cooldown of this ability by one. It has a cooldown of three, so she wouldn't use it the next turn. Already the next turn after that, you have a chance to try and do that again. So assuming I'm reading this correctly, if you have a crit damage set on her with a crit damage triangle, she would actually do 416% crit damage total. I mean, you're going to want to stack offense on offense, and at that point, Crit chance becomes super important on her. I am not surprised that the character that no one in our guild has at 7-star would be the one that would turn into the possible gigantic damage dealer. Yeah, and we haven't (laughs) got her unique ability. Her unique ability has plus 25% crit chance, which is important for that special. Uh, Recover 20% health on each crit. No one cares. 
Um, however, while she is stealth, she has plus 50% offense. So, so even more damage. Stealth is offense up for her. Yes. So if you can get her to do that basic one time and get stealth, she becomes insanely dangerous. Yes. You have 400% crit damage with the offense up. Um, that's... She might be the... Uh, I'm actually a lot more excited about her now after... After know, re- re- rereading these? Yeah. I was Sounds really excited pretty about Night Sister Initiate. And yeah. I'm going to go ahead and get into her, and you'll figure out why. That sounded awkward. Um, so <laughs> why don't you get Night, into her? <laughs> Night's, Night, go on. Night's, Night's Sister Initiate. Uh, her basic ability is called Slice Open. Deal physical damage target enemy. And inflict damage over time for three turns. That's the new part. Um, on a critical hit, she will inflict damage over time for three turns. So on a critical hit, she could actually inflict three total debuffs under Mother Talzin. She could inflict two damage over times and plague. So that would actually be a 15%, uh, what, 15% total health damage that would be done. Um, I think damage over times would actually take away from protection, not only health. So that's the only bad thing there, but it is still, you know, dwindling their total health pool. Mm-hmm. Her, her first special, uh, all allies gain crit chance up for three turns, and then she will deal physical damage target enemy. Having a crit chance up is always nice. Second Especially special Especially for Alkali- deal... Acolyte. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so these two will probably play nicely together. Mm-hmm. Um, Second special, deal physical damage target enemy and inflict buff immunity for two turns. That is always super useful, especially when you've got all these irritating taunters around. Yeah, for sure. Now, she has a unique ability that this is really cool. Um, Her Zeta ability does 30% of the counter chance and plus 50% of the offense. Mm -hmm. Her total ability is... If she has full health, she has 100% counter chance. Otherwise, she has 100% offense. So, yeah, 100% offense. That's like two offense, uh, two offense ups. Ah. Yeah, sure. Um, Nothing in her kit could... says that uh, it has to be used with Night Sisters either. So if she does get a nice damage bump that's a really good point she might actually be someone that is used in other areas yeah it's always good to have tackers with crit chance and um you know she's that 100 percent crit chance i know half of that comes from a zeta but you know if she's the one getting revived and doing that basic <laughs> ability uh off that revive 100% offense she would have every time because she's not reviving at full health. So, this is... Sounds pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty excited about her, but uh, her and Acolyte both, I am all aboard this Night Sister rework. I'm actually uh, kind of excited. I agree. I, uh... As far as this team goes as a rework, Along with uh, the fact that there's still a possibility of two other characters we don't know anything about yet. Yes. There's a lot to uh, there's a lot to be excited about with these guys. 
we haven't seen any live footage yet. Uh, I was talking to Warrior earlier today, and they haven't gotten any live footage with them yet or got to play with them. So we can look forward to that in the coming week, I'm guessing. It'll be nice to see actually how these guys do as a team in arena, in the raid, you know. I don't think we've seen any game changer footage footage in territory battles yet, so I don't know when or if we'll start seeing that stuff kind of pour in later, but uh yeah. It And that's it's gonna that's be interesting. Else is they've talked about the dark side territory battles. We kinda covered that a little bit last week. Mother Talzin's probably the key to really making that work. Um, I mean, they could be an insanely valuable team in territory battles. So Mother Talzin's definitely going to be a character you want to try to get seven-starred however she comes out, whether it's Mark. I mean, I guess Marquis is going to be one of those things you're just kind of going to be um, limited by either the visa or the clock on whether you get her to seven-star or not. But So um, if they're Marquis... Just think, whenever Ewoks came out, next week, supposedly, the Ewoks will be playable and farmable. So, however long that's been, about three months, probably, next year, beginning January, then we'll be able to get this team together. So, See, and that's something else that makes me almost lean a little bit more towards maybe Mother Talzin being a legendary event, the other two being a marquee, is... If we're getting territory battles within the next month or two, if we're getting dark side territory battles, you're going to have to have Talzin. And I don't think they're going to short people on not making her useful. Um, yeah, for sure. Or available, I should say. Uh, I don't know. If, you never know. I don't know if I said this at the top of the show or I just said it on you Discord. Did. So I did say the thing about the Halloween event. I, I'm kidding. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I was saying, I know I said it on Discord, so I'll just say it again here. And if I said it at the beginning of the podcast, forgive me because I have been drinking this entire time. But uh, I think that there will be two new Night Sisters that will be a marquee event either next week or the week after that. And remember how they said there was a Halloween event? Yep. I think the Halloween event might be a legendary Talzin event. And whether that legendary Talzin event takes Night Sisters or Droids or Separatists, I think that might be the way this is happening. Yeah. So we shall see. But well, um, that's the way, way I see it going. If y'all have anything farming, I mean, kind of start farming them. I, I don't really see them being essential. I know that was one of the things that kind of people have been talking about is we're kind of forced to farm so much stuff. Don't stretch yourself so thin, you know, kind of think about what you're farming strategically and be efficient with things. This isn't, uh, to me, it's not one of those things that's going to be, you know, like Thrawn that really makes a difference in Arena, because um, Arena should be your top priority. Uh, it's, I think they're going to be really good, really fun, awesome in territory battle, dark side, whenever that comes around, but I, I don't know how useful they're really going to be in Arena. Yeah, the uh, I'm not quite sure either. And to your point about territory battles and teams, so if you were to take out special battles in the light side territory battle, I would think that you have three teams total, three decent teams you need. 
Yes. To get through it. So if you have three good dark side teams ready to go, Night Sisters would be just a. uh, What's the word? Not accessory, but uh, when something's extra. Something on the cherry on top. I don't know. Anyways, they would be there. Now, whether or not they become one of the teams that you need for special missions, we shall see. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they are good. They seem like they're going to be a good team, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Cool. Yep. All right. Um, Uh, Do you want to... I do. ...do some uh, trivia? We can do that. I think we should do some trivia. And uh, save this little thing we had for right now for next week and just tease, tease everyone right now. All right. Um, Are you OK with that? I, I suppose. I'm OK with being a tease. All right. I'm all right with it. Tease away. Well, we had something written up for this episode, but as usual, we like to talk. So we will talk about this thing next week. And right now we'll just go straight into trivia. Uh, do you want to tell what people tell people what that was? So that was going to be guild versus guild, and uh, we were going to discuss some of our theory crafts on what's going on with that, and just based on what guild versus guild is, and based on the picture, and based on their description. But we got some good talk uh, for you next week on that. So I think based on what we've seen on that next week, we should kind of go over that what we think that could be and because we think that there's maybe a chance that might have something to do with building teams and maybe being similar tournaments maybe we should talk about uh you know some arena strategy next week too we can do arena strategy we can talk about good offense teams and what we think are good defense teams we got a lot of stuff we can go over i like it that that will be a really fun episode. But until then, it's everyone's favorite time. Hit us with that sweet. It's time for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes Trivia! Alrighty. It's time. My god, this music just makes me so happy. It's nice, isn't it? I love it. I'm a big fan. (laughs) I'm a big fan. Alright, let me find this trivia. Did you discover your answers for that first question that I accidentally revealed? I totally forgot about it. Alright, well I have mine. Well, one of them, the very least. This is season four, episode one of Trivia. Who Um, won season three? uh, We don't want to talk about that. Let's talk Um, about that scorecard, because on my right side are my score. Is my score? And on my left side is your score. And after this season, good. and after se- this season, it'll probably look like this. I'm hoping not. <laughs> um, I already have to, uh, 
did we tell people what my punishment was going to be? No, we don't tell them. We just to su- surprise them like uh, like Jar Jar did tonight. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll just say it's going to be erotic. <laughs> yes. It'll shake it's you to your very soon. core. All right, season four of trivia begins now. All right. Question number one. Question number one. There are two ships that can inflict days. Which ones are they? Two ships. I know of one, and I'm going to take a guess on the other one. Got your answers? I got mine. And, uh, who is that? Uh... Who's what? Yep, I got it. I am showing my answers. Um, What'd you get? Poe and Bastan. I had... We both were thinking very similar things. I had Poe, and I had Resistance. And Poe and Resistance is the answer. Yep. As soon as you said that, I knew that... Damn it. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so you get two, I get one. That is the correct. Crap. Yep. The, uh, as soon as you said it. All I thought to myself was, maybe it, maybe it's another one of those uh, faction things. So after I knew Poe, I was like, uh, I'll just put the other one that looks like him. Yeah, that's a good idea. The other resistance. Good, good thinking. All right, question number two. Question number two. Which one of these pieces does not go into making a Mark VI AK stun gun? Ooh. The gold one. Okay. A Mark VI hypo syringe, a Mark VIII biotech implant, a Mark V stun gun, and a Mark IV bactagel. What were they in? What were the possible choices again? A Mark VI hypo syringe, a Mark VIII biotech implant, a Mark V stun gun, and a Mark IV bactagel. All right, got my answer. All right, I got mine. Let me just write it down. Okay. All right, I got I put answer A. You put the hypo syringe? I, I don't remember what was answer A. Oh, Mark wait, six hypo syringe? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Alright, I put Mark Eight Biotech implant. Ooh, controversy. <laughs> Alright, let's see what it is. Oh snap. You got it right, dude. Mark six hypo yeah. syringe. Do you know how I got it right? Hold on. Oh, I backed out. Everything's so bright now. The blue screen's gone. I was pretty sure on the answer on that one because I have been trying to craft one of those lately. And uh, <laughs> you're like, I'm not, I'm not farming those syringes. It sucks. There's, <laughs> you start looking at it, it's so overwhelming. There's so much there. The way you were talking after I gave my answer, I'm like, he knows the answer. <laughs> All right, so one point for Glad you. Glad you got it wrong. Tied back up, two to two. It threw me off so bad when I clicked to the answer page because Deadshot didn't update update the points for the answer. 
and I just ah. read two points total. And I'm like, how does he get two points for one answer? But then I read it and it says, two points total, one for BB-8 and one for the ability name. Jeez. I don't think that applies here. So you get one point. I don't point. think it applies either. <laughs> Damn. I still think it should count for two points, though. I'm sure you do. All right. Question number three. Question number three, one point. What are the diamond-shaped mods actually called? Oh, God, seriously? Oh, really? Um... <laughs> Do you know? Do you know? Wow. Okay, you don't know. You said wow. That means you don't know. I... Oh my god, I am totally drawing a blank. I don't yeah. even... Like, I've re literally never took the time to bother with the names of these things. I, I know several of them. Um, well, like, the transmitter the and the uh, multiplexer. The but, like, who cares about the triangle's name? Because... Oh my god. Uh, oh, hold on. I came up with the name. Uh, well, so did I, but I'm sure it's wrong. Okay. I am showing my answer now. Processor. Processor. I said communicator. You. What's That's the impressive. The answer is processor. Yes. Good job. Is there right. even a is there even a mod named the communicator? I don't think so. <laughs> so there's transmitter, processor, multiplexer, uh, transmitter. Did you just say that a second time? I did. <laughs> but you I weren't so sure the second time. Yeah. Well, You're like I'll, transmitter, I'll multiplexer, processor, yeah. transmitter? Yeah, whatever. All right, what's question number four? Okay, in the heroic, or sorry, doesn't say heroic. In the AAT raid, there are two ways you can have damage over time inflicted on your tunes. In which phases and which bosses inflict them? Bonus point for the name of the abilities. <laughs> Ain't gonna get that part. I don't know the ability name, but, uh... Okay, well, I know one. Repeat the question. Okay, in the AAT raid, there are two ways you can have damage over time inflicted on your characters. In which phases and which bosses inflict them? Bonus point for the name of the abilities. Answer. Oh, I mean, this is kind of terrible. It's very <laughs> not good answers, but I'm putting the main AAT mm -hmm. in phases two and four, and then Joel Grievous in phase one. 
Is Gravius the one that, uh, he is the one that he puts the dots, isn't he? Because he does the thing where he spins the lightsabers and that adds the dots. That's what I was thinking. I okay, so I think you're going to get this right and I'm going to get it wrong because yes. I put the IG-100 in phase one. But uh, I think I think they just uh, expose. Well, scroll to the answers and tell us. All right, phase one, General Grievous, ability name, Grievous Pain. In phase two, AAT, incendiary shells. But he also does that in phase four. Incendiary shells. Yeah, that's right. I can't remember that. Are these one point each? Yes, so you're up by one. I'm up by one? I thought it was three to two. Well, right now it's three to two. So you're going to get two and I'm going to get one. Okay, so I'll be up by two then. Oh. Wait, what was your answer? You will be up by two. My answer was phase two, four, tank, main cannon. Oh, yeah. And phase one, IG-100. Yep. All right. Trivia five. One point for each correct position. Arrange the following tunes in ascending order based on their counter chance. Ayala, Dooku, Sunfuck. Need me to say it again? Uh, yeah, go ahead and say it one more time. Arrange the following tunes in ascending order based on their counter chance. Ayala, Sakura, Dooku, Sunfall. I should know this way better than I do, but, uh, I got a bad feeling I'm gonna butcher this. I got a guess, but we'll see if it's right. I don't know if my guess is right either. The problem uh, is I'm hung up on ascending versus descending. I'm So does that mean the the best what the percentages are. So the does that mean the best percentage is at the bottom? Ascending I, I, I really don't want to tell you, but ascending would mean increasing. Right, so oh okay. increasing in chance. Well then I'm gonna flip around my uh, what I had. Okay. All right. What's what's the order you got then? The order I have is Ala Sakura, Sunfuck, and then Count Dooku. All right. Mine is Sunfuck, Dooku, and then Ayala. Okay. And I think we're both wrong. <laughs> Shit. Of course we are. And it is actually. Is it Ayla Dooku then Sunfuck? It's Sunfuck Ayla Dooku. Damn it. And yeah, Sunfuck I, at 50%, Ayala at 65, Dooku at 100. I, I knew what Ayla and Dooku were. I should have put their percentages on there just so I'd prove that I knew. I couldn't remember what Sunfuck's chances were, though. So, I thought it was 100, but it is. But uh, that's wrong. It's well, 100 so when he has retribution. Each position. So. I get a point for Dooku. I do not get points for Sunfuck and Ayla. Correct? You had Ayla in the middle? No, I had her at the beginning. And you had Dooku Ayla where? At the end. Yes. As the most. So I would get a point taking me to six, 
How many did you have in the right position? Zero. Zero. That means I'm going to add zero to three, which leaves me with um, half of six, which is my score. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. This is a... This is a good way to start season four. I like it. I'm sure you do. Why is it that we go back and forth every season? This is... I mean, I have three episodes to come back, but, uh, yeah. Rough. Okay, so <laughs> Heather had a really interesting idea in our live chat on the live stream. Uh, yeah. So do the best of five seasons and whoever loses actually have to do something embarrassing in front of people, not just on the live stream or on the podcast. <laughs> embarrassing where? I think we'll talk about it. That seems like it could be really interesting. Like my wife filming me at New Year's in front of like Tempe Town Lake. <laughs> yeah, like just, yeah, just doing something stupid. Ah, well, it's a good thing that won't happen, because I'm going to win, and then it'll be you. Well, if it's me doing it, I'm getting a Stormtrooper costume, going to the mall, and asking people how they feel about the Rebels overthrowing the Empire. So. <laughs> That'd make a great video for the uh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Welp. That is it. For trivia! Yes! And this week's episode. Thank goodness that murders fest is over. I'm feeling yep. very, uh, feeling very behind right now. As you should be. <laughs> um, alright, so, uh, usual outro stuff. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash shattered order. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash shattered order. You can find us on our Discord channel. There will be a link in the podcast show notes. Um, thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers and the new Patreon subscribers. And uh, everyone else, else that listens to the podcast. We appreciate everybody watches the live stream, listens to the podcast, hangs out in our Discord. Everyone in the small community slash big community whatever you want to call our community for around this podcast everybody involved in it you guys make it worth it and i have a lot of fun hanging out with you guys and i've met a lot of really cool people yep. through this podcast so thank you for that yep it's a blast getting to talk to you guys on discord and you know just even non-star wars conversation just chatting and everything it's a lot of fun so absolutely uh, yep. Come hang out on there. So next week we'll talk about Guild versus Guild. Maybe we'll get into a little bit of dark side territory battles, and uh, that all just all depends on what kind of crazy sh shit they decide to throw at us next week. So until then, you guys have a good week, and we will catch you next week. Sounds good. Later. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the Force be with you.